What's going on, Defenders? And welcome to episode 137 of the most LAFC podcast in the solar system, Defenders of the Bank. I am the self-proclaimed beast from the East, and now with a new moniker that I've introduced myself to introduce myself, the toast of the East Coast, Christian Philly Philemon, and with me to my right, my partner on this pod, and more than likely my partner as far as this podcast is concerned in life, J.R. Liebert, the scarf. What is good, everybody out there in Defenders land? Welcome to episode 137, Philly. We have all kinds of news, mostly good, to talk about here on this podcast Big news about the CBA, big news about McDonald's, that's right, McDonald's, and and I don't know if anybody out there in Defenders Land has heard, there was some news involving everyone's favorite third designated player, Brian Rodriguez, but more on that in a little bit. Absolutely, we definitely got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. It's Super Bowl weekend, Scarf. Before we kick off the LAFC news... Yes, sir. The ironic thing about the Super Bowl, Uh the ironic thing about me being a Jets fan, Scarf, is the fact that the Patriots are not in the Super Bowl. They are not. But yet I somehow have to watch Tom Brady suit up and play in this damn Sunday game yet again. What's up with that? You're welcome, I think, is what the world is trying to tell you. Philly, this is tough, man, because as, as our listeners know, I was a big Patriots fan when Tommy was on the Patriots. Don't worry. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole right now, but I'm a little conflicted. I love the Alabamas of the world. I love the, like, the really good teams being really good for a long time. Glory chaser. I, I am one of those rare that I, I like the dynasties. I like Jordan's Bulls. I like the Showtime Lakers. Glory chasers are not rare, Scarf. But here's the thing, Philly. We could be watching... The dynasty form right in front of us with these Kansas City Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Andy Reid. I was a huge Donovan McNabb fan back in the day. You know Andy Reid coached at Glendale College here in Glendale? Not very far from here. Absolutely. That was like three Andy Reids ago, by the way. (laughs) But it's hard because... I think we could be watching the next Patriots, the next dynasty with these Kansas City Chiefs. But look at the old gunslinger on the other side. 43, that's right, 43-year-old Tom Terrific on the other side. Philly, I'm rooting one way with my heart, and I'm rooting another way with my money. Oh, I was about to ask you, who, who who's your pocket rooting for? Oh, pocket is rooting for the Chiefs. I, I think it's been overblown about how they're missing a couple people on the offensive line. I just, I mean, Pat Mahomes is a super freak out there, man. I don't know what to think. And I'm sorry, I think Tyreek Hill is the baddest man on the field. It's going to, you gave Andy Reid two weeks. I don't know, man. I, I don't see the, the Bucks having enough firepower. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch, though. As far as Super Bowls are concerned, when it comes to money, I vote the opposite. Because I learned at a very young age, (laughs) betting on the Buffalo Bills four years in a row. Yeah, don't do that. That I don't have a knack for this. So anytime I feel something, I go the opposite way. So my pocketbook tells me the Chiefs. Which is why I will sadly root for the Bucks. <laughs> oh my God, you guys, please tape that and save it forever, Philly. Oh my goodness, he's rooting for Tom Brady, you guys. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. We are, Philly, we are only about an hour and a half away from Super Bowl Sunday right now. We are recording this episode at about 10.30 in the evening on Saturday from beautiful 
Burbank, California. And where are we sitting, Philly? Phila Monster Studios for the 130-something time. Actually, that's a lie because we've done things in Culver City. Yeah, but at least 100 times. Definitely 100 times. At least 100 times. I, look, it feels good to be back. It's, it's like my second home here. I'm sure Panda would like me to leave more often than I do, but it's like my second home. I mean, after tomorrow, it'll be your third straight day here. Third straight day. Might as well sleep over tonight. Oh, my goodness. World famous Phila Monster Studios has been my home away from home. I'm also really excited, Philly, and this is a weird thing to feel excited about. My parents have finally agreed to get the vaccine. They're 78 years old, you guys. We like to let you in on a little bit of our lives here on on Defenders of the Bank with Philly and the Scarf. So this is Scarf here. I, I was worried because my parents, you know, they're old. My parents are 78. I love them very much, but they will tell you they are no longer young. And, and you know, getting them to to agree to the whole vaccine thing was a little tougher than I would have liked, but they, they are getting their first shot on the 11th. I am getting my second shot. I'm a teacher. I'm getting my second shot on Monday, so the day after Super Bowl Sunday. So I'm really excited about that. And, and look, I'm also excited because the numbers are going down in California, Philly. The numbers are going down in Los Angeles. I know hospitalizations still aren't great, but as the numbers go down and the vaccinations go up, you know, the other thing I'm kind of selfishly thinking about, Philly, you know what it is. What's that? Hopefully, at some point in the 2021 Major League Soccer season, we may be able to re-enter the Cathedral of the Black and Gold Bank of California Stadium. By the way, the name is still outside on the door. However, my Bank of California discount card no longer works at Bank of California Stadium. Thank you for that, Bank of California. So I am really excited, Philly, because I am hoping... We get to go see the black and gold in person one more time in 2021. So I'll take your two shots and up you two more. But I don't mean the vaccine. I've had a bit of tequila tonight. Tequila is good. Good tequila is very good. <laughs> bad tequila is very bad. But today I had good tequila. And actually, we did have a shot of bad tequila. Yeah. Califino is not great tequila. It is not. So... Unless you're the VP of marketing, <laughs> don't buy Cali Fino. And by the tequila. way, Cali Fino, as was pointed out on their commercial, Spanish guitar playing over the scenes of Mexico and picking the agave from just outside of Guanajuato. Yeah, well, that part was cool, but that Oops. part was cool. All right, so we've already wasted six minutes and 40 seconds no, of our listeners' time. it's been time. fun. Well, for us, sure, but I don't know if the millions and millions will agree that our useless banter really enriches their lives. I. Philly just made up a word, enrichens. I like it. I mean, I, I found it in the dictionary, and was, I read it on a newspaper once. Wasn't so. that the word from the Simpsons, embiggens, right? Like something about embiggens. I remember that. For all of our Simpsons fans out there, let me know. I think it was- He's em- helping. It, <laughs> I think it was embiggens. Yeah, Philly, speaking of embiggening, we got a lot of LAFC news and notes to talk about, and we want to kick it off with our first topic, Tristan Blackman- Finally making the U.S. men's national team. I shouldn't say finally, right? I mean, it's not like we saw it coming. But Philly, some some not so great news out of U.S. men's national team camp out of Tristan Blackman. Well, it started off very, very nicely because Tristan was called up to training camp on January the 5th. This was his first call up and very well deserved for the young defender. No doubt an exciting time period for him. Not only does he get major national recognition, But he gets to reunite with his old buddy, Walker Zimmerman. Reunited and it feels Feels so good. good. Oh, speaking of which, next episode, Philly, part two, 
of Brian's song. And this time we've got music, so if if there's anybody out there in the music industry, watch out. Defenders of the Bank, the musical, is beginning. (laughs) Is beginning. Broadway, here we come. Look, if Green Day can do it, Billy and the Scarf can do it. Two. Wait till you hear my Diego Rossi song that I've already written, you guys. It's going to be the best. Absolutely. Anyway, let's get back to Tristan Blackman. Tristan Blackman. His hard work paid off, no doubt. I mean, that rookie season of his, he toiled away in the USL for a little while in Phoenix Rising with Shaft Brewer, by the way. Shout out to Shaft Brewer. We know you're a big fan of the pod. Thank you for listening. Yeah, absolutely. And Greg Burhalter did the right thing, bringing the young defender on. But what happened... 16 days later, Scarf, he had to leave training camp. He sustained a concussion during training. Concussion during training. And as a result of that, he couldn't participate in the January 31st matchup against Trinidad. A match in which and the Tobago. U.S. And Tobago. Okay, my apologies. Don't Trinidad forget and Tobago. Tobago. A match, by the way, speaking of Trinidad and Tobago. Yes. Mighty Ducks 2. Yes. How the heck did Trinidad and Tobago have a hockey team in that movie? Um, Jamaica has a bobsled team. Yeah, but that actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> Trinidad and Tobago did not have a hockey team. and why- That's the only thing I found far-fetched about Mighty Ducks 2. Philly, I have a feeling. That among if, many things, if, if Trinidad and Tobago had a hockey team, you would probably own one of their sweaters in your closet oh without a doubt i mean i practically own every other sweater and and they're all in my closet this is what happens you know he's talking about shots i had other shots we're falling off the rails but that's okay we're having fun we got this we got this anyway the u.s ended up kicking trinidad and tobago to the ground they put what i'd like to call the shebang bang on them touchdown yeah it was a touchdown seven well touchdown and the extra point let's not forget that that is and that's american football american football and so there's no doubt he probably would have featured so he had to come back to la he didn't get his opportunity but there's no doubt he's going to get another chance and he's not the only player scarf from our lineup that ended up getting to go to training camp. Real quick, did you guys hear the accent come out right there when he said opportunity? It was like, really? Yeah, he, he's not the only player that got the opportunity scoff. He, like, all of a sudden, there you switched <laughs> into like some sort of Pacino esque accent there. That was the the New York Philly coming wow. out there. You guys, That's do me funny. a favor, play that back about thirty seconds ago. They're like, no, we've heard enough of you already. No, 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 play it back about thirty seconds ago. There was definitely the the Philly accent happening. Hey, Stugatz, huh? <laughs> But going again, <laughs> seamless transitions with Defenders right. of the Bank. Tristan wasn't the only LAFC player that got to go to training camp, or at least got invited anyway. Mark Anthony Kay and potential, keyword potential, LAFC newcomer Raheem Edwards were invited to Team Canada training camp. I believe they play sometime in March, if I'm not mistaken. But that is the story as far as our boys and the U.S. men's national team. But Scarf, yeah, why don't you talk about the U.S. men's national team and how it ties into LAFC? All right, so here's the deal. LAFC hasn't exactly had the best track record with players going over to the U.S. men's national team. We've only been around for three seasons, we know, but we've been lucky enough to now have five players called in to U.S. men's national team camp. We all know about Walker Zimmerman. Walker made his first cap before he even came to LAFC while he was with FC Dallas. He made 11 of his 13 senior team caps while with LAFC. So he's played 13 matches. 
matches. 11 of those were while he was with the Black and Gold. In 11 of those matches, 9 of them, he played the full 90. So he has been a backline starter for the U.S. men's national team pretty often under Greg Berhalter, scoring goals against Panama and Bolivia. But unfortunately, Philly, in the time where you would have wanted to see one of your best backline defenders out there, the Gold Cup final against Mexico, U.S. men's national team lost one nothing, and Walker did not even get off the bench. We all know, Philly, what There's happened There's a reason with, why they didn't win that game. That's right. We all know what happened with Tyler Miller. Tyler Miller got called into camp, and when he got back, he lost his job. <laughs> he definitely wasn't the same keeper when he came back. Kind of like Laurent Simon after he went to the World Cup with Belgium there and, and got cut by Vincent Company right before they, uh, the World Cup started. But Tyler Miller, he never played a single minute for the U.S. men's national team, even though he was in camp for about three weeks, and it really threw off his game. (laughs) And really, you could argue, Philly, led to his departure from LAFC, unfortunately. Christian Ramirez. Christian Ramirez. You guys remember Christian Ramirez? Christian had a call into the men's national team camp. He was eligible for four matches. He was actually on the squad and ready to be selected in two. He played a whole 18 total minutes in two matches for the U.S. men's national team, but he did get a goal against Panama in the 89th minute, so a little bit of success there. Of course, you just talked about Tristan Blackman not being able to play because of the concussion. And let's not forget our pickup in the offseason, our trade with Portland, Marco Farfan. He was in that very same most recent camp, Philly, with Walker Zimmerman and Tristan Blackman. However, unfortunately, you mentioned the 7 nothing beatdown of Trinidad and Tobago. He was not even eligible for selection or in the 18. So we've had five players, but really Walker's the only one that's made a dent, although Christian had a goal. LAFC and the U.S. men's national team, we're still kind of feeling each other out in the early stages of this relationship. I mean, if you think about it, any of our players that have really gone on to their international teams haven't exactly come back the same player. I mean, think about the one the, the one player who probably was the most successful, arguably is Brian Rodriguez, scoring on the international team. And that, I think, was a death knell for him because we signed him. He goes to Uruguay. He scores a couple of goals. All of a sudden, we've got a weight of expectations on his shoulder and he couldn't come through. And then talk about Marco Urena. Marco Urena gets to go to Costa Rica. He doesn't really do much. And then Omar Gaber, he gets to play for Egypt. Wow, going he was, in the way back machine. He was here for a shot of coffee. You mentioned Laurent Simon. He wasn't the same player. You know, Carlos Vela, fortunately, stuck around, went to the World Cup, and had a good time. So international duty, with the exception of Carlos Vela, not very friendly to us, not just in the U.S., but across the board. Yeah, I think Walker is our only example of any success whatsoever. Speaking of success, McDonald's has that sign on the outside, billions and billions served. They're awfully successful. Well, finally, LAFC Gaming and McDonald's forging a partnership. I got excited when I heard this one. Look, they don't eat meat anymore. Why are you excited about McDonald's? I don't eat meat right now, but they brought back the spicy nuggets, man. If there's anything I would kind of break this for, I mean... Spicy nuggets at McDonald's, the little six piece right now. Maybe oh, we could have so them good. instead of like chicken McNuggets, like fish fillet McNuggets. Gross. No, that wouldn't be gross. It'd from be, McDonald's? It's revolutionary. From McDonald's? We need to raise the spirit of Ray Kroc and make that happen. Oh, goodness. So, McDonald's Southern California has become an official marketing partner of LAFC Gaming, with the partnership coinciding with the beginning of the 2021 E. 
MLS season. As part of the deal, McDonald's will serve as the presenting partner for the club's newly built gaming room, hello, located at LAFC's business headquarters, LAFC. We see what you're trying to do here. You got McDonald's to pay for a sweet gaming room in your business headquarters so that you guys can do all your business while you're gaming and everything else? Yeah, you guys just wanted the HD hookup, some monster cables, and some pretty sweet McNuggets while you're going at it. The gaming hub specifically designed for streaming contains a private room with a custom-built computer optimized for content creation and competing. And according to the release, it will be used by the club's eMLS player, Remy Martin, Martin Odegel. It is the first Philly corporate partnership of its gaming division and you know that gives us the time to shout out our good friend alex sale so congratulations to lafc gaming and mickey d's let's get some coupons for some free ice cream cones out there or something on christmas tree lane when we can philly some news real quick about a former black and gold member of our inaugural team Benny Failhaber, who, as you guys remember from episodes past, joined the UCLA coaching staff, but I I don't know if he actually ever coached anything, because COVID, I think, wiped out the season that he joined for. He's got a new job, Philly. He does have a new job, but I kind of want to backtrack a little bit. If McDonald's gets to build Remy and the game sector of LAFC Arum, perhaps we could get in contact with Heineken and have them build a podcast room. There are a bunch of LAFC podcasts in this universe, and they seem to be growing by the day. Thankfully, we've been around for a little while. There are a lot of LAFC podcasts, but Heineken, LAFC, partner up, get us a podcast room. Imagine all of us in a room together with a bunch of Heineken. A lot of informative and comical magic can be done in that process. I thought you were going to hit up Heineken to build you a bar. I mean, that would be kind of cool. I mean, the bar would uh, no doubt be in the room with all the microphones. Sure, in the in the business center for the podcast, right? Yes, yeah, so like when you're done eating Chicken McNuggets, you can go next door and have a beer and get on the microphone. I think it's brilliant. Love it. Yes, but anyway, back to Benny Failhaber. Yes, Benny, the starter on our inaugural season. He was the one black and gold player that featured the most for LAFC. He has since retired, as Scarf said, but his journey continued. He took a break. He, too, jumped into the pod fam with his pal, Sal Zizzo, who is a San Diego loyal. I think he was the captain. Minnesota United defender, Ike Opara. They called it BSI Podcast. We had Benny on the podcast, our podcast. It was a great interview. In terms of LAFC, by the way, they did an amazing interview with Carlos Vela, which yeah, that I was really highly good. recommend. But yes, as Scarf mentioned, after that, he transitioned to assistant coach with the UCLA Bruins, and he lasted for a shot of espresso. But now, and I know he's living back there in Kansas City, he gets to become a member of their technical staff. Way to go, Benny. I mean, he's had he had a heck of a career there. He won an MLS Cup there. That's what he's, where he still calls home. Like That's a really cool thing. So good luck to you, Benny. We hope you do really well. We just hope you don't do well against us. That's right. LAFC, by the way, Philly, we talked about this on an older episode. We acquired the rights to goalkeeper Thomas Romero, which we talked about in an earlier episode. Well, LAFC put a ring on it. They made it official. Thomas Romero now under contract 
with LAFC after acquiring his rights for $50,000 in general allocation money. LAFC has officially signed goalkeeper Thomas Romero to a homegrown contract, which is pretty cool. Soon after we acquired his rights, by the way, Philly, Thomas was called up by the El Salvador U23 national team for their camp, which will be February 1st to the 10th, so it's going on right now. And look, we have kept four keepers once or twice, Philly. You and I talked about that off air. But unfortunately, you and I both fear that this might be, might be the end of a very good relationship with Defenders of the Bank and our third keeper for the last season plus or so, Philip Ejimadu. Uh, we, we do love the time that we've gotten to spend with Philip. He's one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. Just such a good dude built like a truck too. I mean, if I ran into him, I'd fall down twice, but I got to say, I'm bummed if this means it's the end of the line for Philip. Although we'll see what happens. There's some rumors going on Philly where, where maybe we might keep another keeper or sign him and stash him somewhere else. I don't know, Philly, like, Las Vegas? Maybe, but hold on real quick before, because that is exciting news. That was such a good segue. It was a great segue. We'll continue to segue, but we could still potentially keep Philip because it's not the first time that we would have held on a four keeper scarf. That's that's what I said. Yes, you mentioned it, but those four keepers. Yeah. Other than, uh, can you name them? The the Charlie Lyon? Yeah, who was on our pod, by the way. Booba? Booba, who was supposed to be our starting keeper. Right, Tyler Miller. Yeah, we know him. And Quillen Roberts. Quillen Roberts, number 94. Who is currently, I believe, playing in the Canadian Premier League, which I promise exists. That is a thing, yes. I promise. Sorry for breaking up your segue. Such a good segue. Viva Wait, let me, let me try it again. Vegas. So, like Las Vegas? <laughs> Viva there you go. Las Vegas. That's right. Las Vegas lights. Philly, you and I, COVID really did destroy that part of our dream. We were going to be sitting kitty poolside. With llamas. I still would have been there right and, now. And oh my goodness, the, if you guys haven't followed Las Vegas Lights, we've actually sent a couple players there. More on that in just a quick second. But <laughs> Fito went to Vegas. That's that's. Very, I think he's still there. That's very true. Fito he's back at Alianza. I see went, what he looks like. He definitely hung out in Vegas for a oh little bit. Oh my goodness. So, Shout out Fito's a lot. So here, here's the thing. We've had kind of an on-again, off-again relationship with USL clubs in terms of our affiliations. In 2016, LAFC established a multi-year formal relationship with Irvine-based Orange County Blues. And of course, in 2017, they rebranded themselves to the Orange County Soccer Club. During LAFC's first season in 2018, Orange County made it to the USL Western Conference Championship, while LAFC loaned both keeper Buba Lopez, that's the second Buba mention we've had in the last couple of minutes. Shots. And and midfielder Nico Chornamash. Spell it. <laughs> C-Z-O-R-N-O-N-A-C-Z. You have it written down. That's not fair. But I spelled it without look. I, I know how to spell Chornamash. Anyways. It's not a word, though. It's we, not like a word that anybody could easily sound out. No, and out. it has that one little thing over a C, I think, that I always mess up. I forget what that one's called. Don't worry. I, t- I do teach for a living. Uh, they loaned them out for each of those guys played five matches with Orange County Soccer Club. But after that, it gets a little murky. We ended our affiliation just one year of actual playing time into this multi-year agreement. We've loaned players out all over the place, Philly. We've loaned Alejandro Guido to San Diego Loyal. We've loaned out players to Phoenix Rising. We've loaned out players to Las Vegas Lights. 
We, we've loaned players all over the FC place. FC Tucson. FC the Tucson. That's right. You can't forget Philip Edgemato over at Tucson. And and who was the defender we loaned there too? Didn't we? Loan Lamar him? Batista. Lamar Batista. Oh my goodness, I miss Lamar Batista. Whatever. We got to do a. I think he's on. down in Texas right now. Yeah, we got to find out whatever happened to some of these guys. But it, it's been an on again, off again relationship, Philly. We we have loaned a couple of players to Las Vegas Lights. You mentioned Fito Zelaya, I believe James Murphy. You guys all remember James oh, yeah, Murphy. From the inaugural season. He was down there in Las Vegas as well. Well, it looks like, Philly, LAFC, the rumor is that LAFC might be not just affiliating ourselves with Las Vegas Lights, but maybe even taking over the franchise. There have been all kinds of things on Twitter, reports of what they don't have a communication staff right now. Is that yeah, right? no PR, no communications. It's 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 utter chaos in, in <laughs> and, Las Vegas. And they've also just only signed like one player in the offseason. There's there's a lot of things going on in Vegas or a lot of things not going on in Vegas that either makes you think they might be shutting down North Carolina FC, Reno 911 FC, Reno 1868 FC, Philly, where we got Danny Masovsky. Yeah. Those are just two of the USL franchises that have folded in this last offseason because of COVID. And we all know how hard Las Vegas has been hit by COVID, so so there's a chance. I mean, I know how hard I hit Las Vegas during COVID. <laughs> oh my goodness! So there is a chance that you know this team was going to fold, but it looks like LAFC might be rescuing Las Vegas Lights. Look, you and I selfishly once again. It's like the third time we've used the word selfishly on the pod. We would love an affiliation with Las Vegas. I will tell you this: LAFC is going to take over the technical side and the training. That's where we want them. I still want the business operations to belong to Las Vegas. And I'm going to be selfish when I say they had $2 shots of tequila scarf. They did. You were able to walk into Cashman Field and pet a llama. Yep. There was money being thrown around by Eric Winalda. Eric Winalda, who got fired. Who got fired, so yeah. that clearly didn't work out. Yeah. But hey, it was a good idea for a short period of time. Yeah. But more importantly, after several $2 shots of tequila, yes. in that Las Vegas heat Kitty pools. Kitty pools. Pitch side. That was a thing. So as long as they still get to operate the business side and the quality of players goes up exponentially because LAFC is running the gamut, it's a win-win. Quality football, $2 shots of tequila, a llama, and a pool. What can go wrong? <laughs> and we are signing a bunch of young kids, Philly. I mean, oh my goodness, we're like a, a haven for teenage football players right now. We've got the three academy kids and rumors that there might be more on the way. We've got Bryce Duke. We've got Mohamed Traore. We've got Mahala. I mean, we've got so many young kids that we're bringing into the club right now. This is a perfect time to send them down somewhere to get regular run during the course of the season so that when we do need them and you have moments like Mahala did this last year, you are ready to go. Looking forward to it. All right, so Philly, you deal with money and numbers for a living. <laughs> Odd, so, isn't it? So we wanted to get, so we wanted to give our listeners out there the the biggest news, maybe not the most important for LAFC fans. Maybe that'll be the Brian Rodriguez news we'll go over in a second. <laughs> but the biggest news, dearly departed Brian, <laughs> in terms of MLS, the biggest news, Philly, is that it looks like there is now an agreement. For a new CBA between Major League Soccer and the Players Association. Well, it's kind of crappy that we had to get to this point. But look, for those of you who don't know, 
And it's funny that a schedule was announced. It's funny how FC Cincinnati is talking about making major splash signings. But there was a lockout looming in the horizon. Although that crisis was averted. A lot of the information that I'm going to reference either comes from The Athletic or ESPN. Now, Major League Soccer and the Major League Soccer Players Association, they reached an agreement on Friday, February the 5th. Which, if you're listening to this podcast today, that was two days ago. All right, This was after the original deadline, and then after the one-week extension, and finally after the 24-hour extension. Now, the PA board's bargaining committee, and this is reported via Athletic, and their executive board have a tentative proposal approval that will avoid this player lockout. Something that nobody wants, and something that would truly have been detrimental to this league. Now, the league brings back the players to the boardroom for the third time in a year, which no doubt ruffles their feathers. I know for a fact that there's no way I would want to be in a boardroom filled with a bunch of stuffy suits that many times. Yeah, you did mention I, I manage money. But hey, if I could avoid being in a, in, in a boardroom <laughs> with suits, I'll do it. But let's talk about the OG CBA real quick, just to refresh your memory before we talk about the new stuff. Now, I pulled this info scarf from the MLSPA website. Yes. This was data as of January 31st, 2020, a time when life was normal. (laughs) Now, some of the changes there, approved $1.9 billion in spending. Awesome stuff. Age and years of service for free eligibility reduced to 24 years old. Five year, and five years of service from 28 and 8. More than doubling the percentage of players that were eligible to become free agents. Big deal. Improved competition with the addition of more than $55 million in new performance bonuses. Who doesn't like a bonus? A 55% increase. This is a big one. A 55% increase in senior minimum salaries over 2019 levels over the course of the deal with the senior minimum salary surpassing $100,000 for the first time in league history by 2023. Here's another big deal. First time ever revenue sharing for future TV money. This is big if MLS can ever figure out their whole TV contract thing. Absolutely. Then you had mandatory charter travel with 16 mandatory legs per team by 2024. And then you had benefit extensions for all the players. All right. As far as this new CBA is concerned, a lot of the details haven't emerged yet. Okay. This new CBA 2021 at the time of the recording, by the way, We haven't heard what the result of the players' vote is, okay? They still need to ratify it. But the changes that are about to occur, and what we do know is the CBA in place is going to be extended by two years, all right? Originally, it was set to expire in 2025. Now, it's extended itself to 2027, all right? No pay cuts in 2021, which is a good thing. Fewer restrictions on which players qualify for free agency in 26 and 27. And ESPN reported a 10% increase to salary budget, minimum salary and maximum budget charges between 2026 and 2027. Now, the good part for the players is that there will be no pay cuts. Despite 2020 being the worst year ever, this is quite welcomed. But again, I said it all isn't done. At the time of this recording, the players still need to vote on the matters. Owners We're ready to lock players out. Their argument is that players are making more money now than ever. Argument on the other side of the coin, though, is that players still make less than any other player in the league. There is a wide gap, and it's to be expected, I suppose. Without a doubt, MLS is not up there, but 
We know it's not MLB. We know it's not the NBA, NFL, NHL, etc. And since we're mentioning that, let's talk about the league minimums real quick because I'm sure you're curious. MLB, their league minimum for players, 570000 The NFL, league minimum, 610000 The NBA, it varies based on years of experience, but we'll use zero years of experience as an example. $893,310. League minimum there. That's a nice round number. It really, really is. Very, very strange number. The NHL, league minimum, $750,000. MLS, $63,547. Huge disparity. Now, you could argue that the players are making more money now than ever, but to consider yourself a professional athlete living in Los Angeles... League minimum 63547 That's part of the discussion as far as this collective bargaining agreement is concerned. Now, once the players vote, all is needed, all that is needed is a simple majority to ratify this, and we can move on with our lives. That gets done, and we get to move on to training camp, and there, defenders, are several dates that y'all need to be aware of. Ooh, Philly, what if we did our first 2021 segment of... Scheduling, scheduling with, with the, the scarf. scarf hey that's me so these are some general dates and a general timeline but look we have something to look forward to philly just gave us all the particulars on a hopefully soon to be ratified collective bargaining agreement that runs through what i believe 2027 2027 right? jesus goodness. i'll be 47 then you'll be 45 ish so we'll we will be old old yes. and tom brady will still be collecting tom super brady, bowl rings tom brady will still be playing in the super bowl look training camp opens oh my goodness philly what's today's date i don't even know the date is it the 11th i don't even know it's the 6th there sir. you go it's the 6th my goodness we are one hour away from the 7th one hour away from super bowl sunday the 7th in just 15 days from that on the 22nd training camp begins and it's a six week training camp right around april 3rd april 4th will be lafc's first match it's opening weekend they like to call it mls is back I love that name. In late August... Very creative. They are, And innovative. MLS, we have Rivalry Week in late August. Don't forget, that's the the 110 collision, the Battle of Los Angeles. Some people still call it El Trafico. Right around the same time... ESPN calls it El Trafico. Philly, what I'm so excited about, though, I pray we can go. I really hope Mm -hmm. we can go. It got canceled for us last year, so we're back hosting it again this year. The all-star game, which we believe should be at Bank of California Stadium against the Liga Amekis All-Stars. So we will see what happens there. 11-7, that's right, November 7th, which seems like so far from now. That's decision day. Playoffs start on the 19th of November. And MLS Cup, December 11th. December 11th. So we're talking about 10 months from now. Oh my goodness. Something to look forward to something that a lot of lafc fans were looking forward to for sure philly Mm -hmm. finally happened it's it's almost a cursed spot this third designated player that we have look i'm not sure how many of you might have heard the news but at the transfer deadline we kept diego rossi all right there we go crisis averted yeah however the same cannot be said for our incredibly talented and incredibly frustrating third DP and the fourth designated player 
in team history, Brian Rodriguez. Rodriguez was loaned to the Spanish second. Wait, wait, hold on. Philly, I think that's our wait. What moment of the podcast? You heard me right. I said the word second. Brian Rodriguez was loaned to Spanish second division sign, Almeria. Second division side for the remainder of their season, which runs through May. Details have slowly been emerging about the nature of this loan. First, again, second division. You got to be thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If Brian Rodriguez is so good, why is he getting loaned to a second division side? Kind of the same thing that happened with Jordan Morris and Swansea City there, Philly. That's La Liga 2, yes, but the move makes sense for Almeria as they are currently in the top two of the table which, by the way, would earn them promotion into La Liga. And that would give them the opportunity to be regularly crushed by teams like Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid. Everybody needs a sacrificial lamb scarf. One of Carlos Vela's former squads, Real Sociedad. And if they don't get relegated, another one of his former teams, Osasuna. So, look, this could be a lot of fun for Brian. He could help that team move up and into La Liga, which would be huge. Of course, Brian now gets his wish, which, according to his agent, definitely seemed like it was just don't play in Los Angeles anymore. However, Philly, we got we got trouble in paradise. This is just a loan, at least for now. Almeria is in a push for promotion, and if they do get promoted, they will almost certainly pick up the buy option. You know that moving up into La Liga will help you with financial stability. How much is that buy option? Well, look, according to MLSsoccer.com, that's Major League Soccer Soccer.com's <laughs> Tom Bogert, somewhere between 11 and 19 million. So suddenly I'm an Almeria fan. Right? Even if we paid 8 million for the guy, which that's the, the kind of the number being thrown around, even if we paid 8 million for him, we're going to be making 3 to possibly 11 million dollars off of the sale of Brian Rodriguez. Hello, I'll take that. Any number in that range, though, Philly, would be the single highest transfer fee that Almeria has ever paid for any player coming in. Now, here's the deal. They have new Saudi ownership, not Saudi royalty, but from what I understand, a guy who knows Saudi royalty. So they're like, they party at the same clubs. I don't know. This sounds like a back alley Brooklyn deal. I, I, I'm telling I you. Know that's, that's, I know a guy. I know a guy. You need a TV, I got a guy. That's what it sounded like when I read, or what it looked like when I read the article. But three of their four biggest transfer moves in club history have happened since this owner took over. So so let's let's hope, like you said, Philly. Almedia fan. Here yes. we go. But, but Philly. Just you and I, just between you and I and the millions and millions of the Defenders listeners, let's play out the other scenarios for a minute, if you will. What if Almeria doesn't make La Liga? They are currently number two. They're one point, I believe, clear of number three. And even number three would get to have a play-in game to try to make it to La Liga. So, so they're sitting nicely. But what if, what if Brian's luck follows him down to Almeria and, and, I don't know, they start not playing well. They did draw their first match with Brian Rodriguez on the club. He didn't play, wasn't eligible for selection, any of that stuff. I think he's still quarantining or whatever. But what if, Philly, they don't make it to La Liga? Or what if they do, but Brian doesn't play well, and they decide at the end of May, nah, we'll give him back. What does LAFC do with a player, and agent, by the way, who made it so incredibly clear that they no longer wanted to be a part of of the black and gold. And what if, Philly, because according to sources, 
this opens up a DP spot, even though it is only currently a loan. What if we replace him before May? That he, would be foolish. I mean, he's going to come home and and open the door to his apartment and find some other dude living there and like hanging out with all of his friends and and his stuff out in a box on the lawn. What's going to happen to Brian Rodriguez, Philly? What are we going to do? Look, here's a couple of scenarios. And I don't think the club is going to take the initiative to sign somebody prior to May. At this point, you alluded to the fact that Almeria is in second place. That's true. They are a mere five points shy of first place, which now belongs to Mallorca. Espanol, though, is right on their tail. Now, let's take a glass half-full perspective. They get up to La Liga. Brian plays well. $11 and $19 million for him looks really, really good. However, if we sign a DP, that loan expires, and he has to come back, we're in a whole heap of duty at this point, all right? Having that third DP spot and having him here, we've got to do some wheeling and dealing. I don't think that the club is going to be so quick to rush to sign another DP, considering the fact that this season starts April 3rd or 4th. You're telling me they can't wait 30 days just to figure out if 11 to 19 million is an option? I don't know who else is out there. I know there's the talk of the Sergio Agueros of the world coming to LAFC. I somehow doubt that Brian Rodriguez is going to come back. And if he does, he won't be welcomed. But... Considering (laughs) the fact that he's playing in a new environment, perhaps he's getting to play with... I'm not going to say more talented players because I don't really... Look, if there's any LAFC fans out there that are experts on Almeria, please just tell us because I doubt there are. And don't tell me you are now because you played FIFA either. I and, want and by years the way, of knowledge. Brian Rodriguez is now the player worth the most, according to Transfer Market, on Almeria. So he is now moving into a role where he's going to be the... The, the best top dog, top but and he's gonna get dog? and he's gonna get minutes though, important and meaningful minutes. It's all do or die kind of scenario. So if the young man can handle the pressure and do his thing, it's a win win for all of us. They go to La Liga, we get nineteen million. I'm going for the higher end, and then we could sign somebody that's gonna help us move forward. And and let's listen to John Thorrington's statement. He he didn't seem too broken up about the fact that Brian Rodriguez is going out the door. He said, and I quote, this is John Thorrington, Brian is joining Almeria as they make a strong push for promotion to Spain's top division. Since his arrival in 2019, Brian has been a focal point of our attack and success, and we believe that this deal will give him the opportunity to play meaningful games at the highest levels of European football. Nothing about LAFC is misses him or wishes him well or uh, just yep he'll get to play there hopefully for a long time sounds a little more like a breakup letter than i will see you when you get back note i don't know <laughs> a dear john slash a dear brian <laughs> no letter. it's from john it's from john <laughs> it's That's, from john a dear brian it's letter. a from john letter i like that we, oh man a from john we just did that all right cool so here's the deal philly if if he leaves I mean, doesn't I mean, he, that, he's left already. Doesn't that mean, no, I mean, leaves, leaves, like, you know, gets bought. I mean, like, in my opinion, he's gone. I, I hear you. All I have go. is... All I, go. Go then. <laughs> <laughs> all I have is two words, Philly. Ooh. Antoine Griezmann. Oh, I thought you were going to use the Degeneration X moniker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, family friendly. However, I know a lot of our, a lot of our listeners out there are very happy to see Brian go. 
And I'm surprised we haven't heard the rumors. Oh, well, a DP spot could be opening up in Los Angeles for LAFC. Does this Is this where Antoine Griezmann finally reunites with his old teammate Carlos Vela? Not yet. I think that's like four or five years away from happening still, but we'll see what happens. I don't think it's going to be Antoine Griezmann. You didn't hear it here first. Uh, I, I don't think DeAndre Yedlin is walking through that door. That was another he's name. He's chilling been, in Turkey, baby. He, he's, he Galatasaray. had his first match with Galatasaray today, too, actually. And, and look, it's... going to be hanging out with Besiktas and Fenerbahce. He's not coming back Philly's here He's just showing soon. off all those Turkish teams that he knows right now. Uh, honestly, good luck to Brian Rodriguez. I wish Brian no ill will. Look, nobody no, out there, nobody out there can say that Brian Rodriguez is our worst designated player in team history that because Andre Horta passed Carson the ball. He also didn't have as many stats as Brian Rodriguez, but nor did he play as much as Brian Rodriguez either. Yeah, so maybe there's something to be said about the curse of the third DP so far with LAFC, but we'll see. I have a thought about something else we should talk about real quick. Go for it. Andy Nahar. Philly, Bill Hamid, respected U.S. men's national team keeper, longtime keeper for the D.C. United. Bill Hamid is a crazy person. <laughs> Philly. He is gone loco. Your favorite defender in LAFC team history, Bill Hamid, has a tweet about. Scarf, you're my favorite defender in <laughs> LAFC history. Aw. But Philly, more, more importantly. Then I'm my second please, favorite defender. In please LAFC. tell us what in the world Bill Hamid is tweeting about at DC United right now? Well, we know there's been a lot of crazy things going on in DC as of late, all right? So one of the things that Bill Hamid mentioned is that they'd love for Andy Nahar to come back to D.C. United. We retweeted it the other day. And I just, as much as I wanted to add like a cackling emoji to it, I kind of let it be. He had an unbelievable time at D.C. United. He was Rookie of the Year. But if y'all want him, y'all got him. 14 hours ago, Philly. 14 hours ago at Bill Hamid 28 all he tweeted was the hashtag bring Nahar home with the fingers crossed emoji. (laughs) So Philly, from the Defenders Twitter, we're not going to do it. But someone out there, do us a favor, take a picture of the screenshot when you do. Hashtag send Nahar home with the crossing fingers emoji as well. We here at Defenders, mainly mainly Philly, but I definitely see where he's coming from with this take because I'm not a big fan either. We haven't yet seen what I would call the value in moving up to the top allocation spot and bringing Andy Nahar to the black and gold, especially what, just not long after you jettison Walker Zimmerman. They're two totally different moves. We know one didn't replace the other, but felt like it kind of did. Bring Andy Nahar home, Bill Hamid. You can have him, my friend. Yes, he's all yours. You can pick him up at the airport, but I do warn you, he comes with a lot of baggage. And by baggage, I mean a boatload of ankle braces, a boatload of knee braces, and a boatload of surgeons. You take them all, he's yours. It's been a it's been a short, fun ride on this episode 137, Philly. Oh, we're, we're done? I mean, how much more do you have in your notes? Uh, I'm looking at a blank page. Philly is literally looking at a blank screen right now on his computer. That's that's pretty great right now. Yeah, right, all right. I guess that's it. Right <laughs> next to our, our LAFC-themed Body Armor bottle. So that's shout out to yeah. our friends over at Body Armor. All right, so one of the ways that my school is helping our students to deal with 
with a lot of the pressures and stress of the whole COVID situation is something called mindfulness. There are breathing techniques, there are ways that you can sit and start centering your energy, things that you can think about. You guys all know how we like to end all of our podcasts, right? So what we want you to do today at the end of episode 137 is a little bit of an act of mindfulness, Philly. Mm. We want you to think about all of those, those negative feelings towards Brian Rodriguez. We want you to think about all those times where you just wanted him to to shoot the ball instead of pass behind him and and make his run through the box. We want you to think about all of those times where Brian didn't do what you expected a third designated player in team, or excuse me, fourth designated player in team history to do. We want you to channel all of those emotions. We want you to let those emotions go as we end episode 137. Because we are going to end the episode the same way we have ended 136 prior episodes before this. But we want this to be more of an exhale of all of those negative feelings because we are going to be hoping that Almeria gets promoted to La Liga. We are going to be hoping that Tom Bogart is correct and it's it's an $18, $19 million buyout. But either way, we need to get rid of those negative energy and vibes in 2021 Philly, right? We, we gotta, we gotta let it go. So you know how we like to end all of our episodes. Think of this as kind of an ending of the hate towards Brian Rodriguez until next episode when we release Brian's song part two with music. And you know how we like to end all of our episodes. Bye bye. <laughs>